Welcome back to another episode of the Speak Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Burn Butter. Burn Butter is an all-natural, low-carb, keto-friendly product created to help you consume healthy fats when you need them the most. You can add it to your coffee. You can add it to foods. You can add it to snacks, smoothies. You can even consume it straight out of the pouch. A cool way to do it, though, is add it to your coffee, give it a nice blend, and you're ready to go. It is a new way to add healthy fats into your diet without making any big adjustments. So you can find them at burnbutter.com, or you can visit them on IG at burnbutters. And you can also check out any of the flavors they have on their website. I would recommend the mocha. So far, my favorite. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another show of the Speak Podcast. I actually got a super awesome crew with me today. Two gentlemen coming in and talking to us about health and wellness. Uh, Jake Deacons and Peter Deacons, RN and physician. What's up, guys? Uh, not much. Yeah. Happy to be here. Yeah. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Yeah. So let's go ahead and well, we're going to obviously jump right into it. But the one thing that I want to kind of throw out there is what, why are we here? What do you guys do? So we, uh, we are a private practice, uh, medical practice that uh, has a really strong emphasis on overall health and wellness. We offer several different modalities uh, uh, from hormonal health all the way up through, uh, you know, athletic wellness, uh, recovery, um, injury prevention, those types of things. So. Okay. Yeah, pretty pretty all encompassing, and we we address it from a, a standpoint of a more integrative and more functional, um, kind of a almost a boutique type uh, approach where really? we spend a lot of time with each patient, uh, private pay, um, so that we can escape the confines of kind of the traditional mentality of just hurting a lot of patients through our clinic in in any given day. Uh, so there's definitely that return to patient to doctor. Um, relationship that's kind of lacking in a lot of medical uh, clinics, in my opinion, today. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm assuming you guys have gone through your own personal experiences that have dealt or kind of led you to this, or tell me about that. What? Why are we in the health and wellness space? Yeah, so I mean, I've always been fascinated by kind of, uh, you know, health and medicine and wellness. I remember being kind of uh, intrigued by the Band-Aids and bandages in my grandma's door, yeah. <laughs> you know, the bathroom, yeah. uh, and then found myself getting into medicine in my, uh, you know, kind of early to mid twenties as a paramedic. And then, you know, came into, uh, you know, wanting to advance my education as I became more intrigued and ultimately led me to pursue medical school. Uh, and then Peter, you know, obviously my younger brother, I'll let him tell his, his yeah. story here. Yeah. yeah so yeah, similar, uh, background. I, um, actually started out with chronic, uh, kidney failure patients oh, gosh. and, okay. uh, worked in that space for a long time. It's, it's an interesting field, but, uh, dealing with chronic illness is definitely a difficult area. I was going to say anything medicine. chronic. Yeah. It's yeah. Pretty and then moved into a hospital space, uh, for a number of years, got my RN, um, RN, you know, registered nurse, of course, being a pretty holistic approach to medicine. Um, and things have just kind of grown from there, always been interested in health and wellness in ways that we can kind of optimize that. So did you guys not feel like you could do that in your current field then when you guys were there? So, you know, I have a lot of background again in the, the paramedic space, which is dealing with an acute injury right yeah. then, right there, stabilization, right. moving onward, and then practiced a little bit in the primary care field under the traditional model and definitely felt like I couldn't offer a, a very full approach to my patients just okay. based on time constraints, yeah. documentation constraints, kind of the current, you know, thought process of 
X amount of patients equals X amount of reimbursement. Right. Um, and so you, you had that limitation placed on you, not by yourself or your partners or that practice, but just as on the system, right? Yeah. And I've always been a little bit of one to want to kind of buck the system <laughs> a little bit anyways and, and do it the way that I know works. Um, and so I, I definitely felt like I could not address health and wellness uh, in that, in the way that I feel is important for patients and to be true to myself as far as feeling uh, about, good about being a physician right. and offering the very best to our patients. Yeah. Um, so, you know, having done private practice and emergency room uh, medicine, mm-hmm. urgent care medicine, those types of things, this space lends itself to a, a very involved, very one-on-one approach with our patients um, where Peter and I can both develop uh, relationships with our patients and tailor uh, you know, treatment programs and treatment solutions to their individual needs instead of treating them as just the next visit. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I cool. Mean, to go along with that, when you're working in those traditional models or within those models, it's always a reactive approach. You're always just applying a, a Band-Aid solution more or yeah. less, right? Whether yeah. that's a pharmaceutical or even a simple medical intervention, um, you're never getting to the root cause of the issue. Mm-hmm. And this model that we're doing now allows us to get to that root cause. It allows us to have that proactive rather than that reactive approach. And so that's what's a lot more gratifying, really. Um, well, let me ask because, and, and I don't want to speak for the community itself, or I mean, I've heard the saying like, Sometimes when you go see a doctor, it's not about figuring out what's wrong. It's about making sure you're good to go for the next day and kind of just you're sustaining. You're kind of just. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely that approach and not to speak ill of any of my colleagues in the community or the uh, or their intent. But again, the system doesn't lend itself to taking more time. And we've all been to the physician's Mm -hmm. office, the doctor's office and seen a provider for various ailments. Yeah. And it's always a very hurried approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and just for my own knowledge, when I see patients in my current space, right. I ask them, when was the last time that your physician sat down with you and had a real conversation and spent this amount of time? You know, 30 minutes would seem like an eternity to most physicians in a practice setting currently, you know, outside of maybe a few specialties. Right. Um, but we routinely spend that amount of time and we allot up to an hour for all of our visits so that we can make sure we're not rushing the patient out the door. Um, and then, you know, if somebody's five minutes late, it doesn't influence my next patient and then the next patient with that domino effect. So we want to be able to hear their story and I tell my patients all the time, I treat, I'm treating you. I'm not treating your lab results. Yeah. I'm not treating a number. Uh, I'm treating you as an individual and your needs are going to be different than the needs of my next patient, right? Everybody's an individual. And with this approach, we can, we can address that. And it's, it's super gratifying, like Peter said, to be able to find the, the cause. And if you don't know the cause, you at least have time to figure it out, right? Yeah. Cause so. it sounds like where that's where you're headed. I mean, yeah, exactly. defining or I guess locating that root cause may not always be the immediate thing that somebody can you know do or tell you but from what I understood then it sounds like there's actually a process of figuring it out yeah yeah which is it's it's kind of like you know solving a puzzle you know there's multiple pieces and when you have a 10 minute doctor's visit Mm -hmm. it's oh you have this condition here's a pill that will alleviate your symptom now you're no longer my concern yep right yeah um and again, not to the fault of that that type of model, but of that's course. the model that currently exists. So it's a little bit of a healthcare revolution in my mind. And I think a lot of my colleagues are, are kind of gravitating towards this 
direct patient care model where they can spend more time, where we can do what we're trained to do. You know, we're problem solvers, we're critical thinkers. We're not there just to follow an algorithm and say inflammation equals anti-inflammatory prescription, (laughs) you know, but why are you inflamed? You know, why are you injured? What is it in your biomechanics, you know, that that's causing your plantar fasciitis? Yeah. Those types of things. Right. So. Well, I think also too, is that what really kind of caught my interest with you guys is that the, the approach is just, we've already talked about the process, but the approach of it, and you've already mentioned that you, that, that time that you spend with your client or your patient is almost just as crucial as like the final result that you guys are going to deliver with them. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, I, I, I joke with my patients and I I tell them your story is the same, (laughs) almost patient to patient. It's just in your own words, Mm -hmm. but having the ability to hear their words and to take that in and to incorporate that into their treatment, um, is validating for the patient and rewarding for Peter and myself, uh, because we know our patients, right? It's, it's first name. It's, it's, uh, you know, we know that this person has this variable and this, this issue, and, uh, it, it definitely becomes more personalized and that, that relationship in medicine in and of itself can be healing. Uh, patients just need to be heard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. And with our information technology, now patients are educated. They know these mm-hmm. things, uh, and they're being dismissed by a lot of providers and, told that they can't be helped when they probably have already diagnosed themselves <laughs> the majority of the time, if someone would just listen. So yeah, it's, it's kind of a fun approach. Yeah. I mean, we, we tell our patients all the time we're in it for the long haul, right? So it is that marathon. It's not the sprint. You know, they know once they have that relationship that, you know, they have access to us beyond what they would have at a traditional model. And, you know, we're going to be, approaching their problems from a multifaceted approach, right? There's, right. there's more than one way to solve that problem. Well, and I think that's, what's really cool about you guys, because, um, I've dealt with a lot of just random health issues here and there over the past couple of years. I, um, came up to, uh, this side of the state in 2015. So I graduated from high school. I got my associate's degree. I was kind of just doing my thing. I was on, I was on the move all the time. Um, but I was a sophomore at Eastern at the time. And I don't know where I started to get, uh, I, I, I was under the impression that I was just like fainting or passing out. Sure. Um, again, you go to the doctors, what's up doc, tell me about it. Turns out I had some sort of, some form of like a, an ep- epilepsy, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So they, they're like, you have this, put you on this, try this and yeah. then come back and let us know how it goes. And it's really weird that you guys are you're almost, uh, you're, you're, it's like you guys were there, but you guys obviously weren't yeah. just because you guys understand <laughs> the process and you've explained it very well of what's sure. traditionally been happening across America. I mean, yeah. generally in the United States specifically, that's kind of how we've developed our health system to be yep. a repetitive, almost cookie cutter process for yep. X, Y, and Z, and which <laughs> yeah. does not work that way. I mean, so for you guys, then you guys already told me that kind of came from your own passion and your own kind of drive of just wanting to do what you guys want to do personally. Do you think it's a need for the community? Do you think it's a need for a lot of people around or do you guys think you're just a cool niche that's just coming out? Cause you had already mentioned that's kind of a new trend with a lot of health professionals that are finding themselves maybe yeah. in, a, in a world where they're just like, maybe it can't do as much as I thought. 
I think it's almost a rebirth. Um, you know, maybe there's a little bit of a trend with, you know, certain certain things that we see in healthcare, you know, whether it's a certain type of diet right. or a certain type of intervention. But like Peter mentioned, a lot of our things that we offer are tried and true. They just get lost in the hustle, right? Mm-hmm. Lost in the in the in the clamor and the shuffling right. of paperwork and yep. electronic medical records and patient volumes and patient satisfaction and all of these things that contribute to our healthcare system, right? Right. Um it's it's probably more sick care than it is health care. And mm-hmm. so we're trying to shift that emphasis back onto wellness and on health and prevention. Uh, you know, primary care and prevention is really 98 percent of a person's health care needs in their lifetime. Um, but yet we devote all of this time and all this money into sick care and treating symptoms and mitigating it's side like a effects. reactive and, approach. Just yeah. Like happens, Peter said, yeah. Figure it out. Super reactive. So um, we want to look again at the whole person and, and bring that back. And like I said, this, this platform with you is awesome. Cause you know, I, I tell my patients and I've told other people, Hey, I wish I could get on top of a building and shout out and be like, yeah. There's a better way. Yep. Uh, you know, as a traditionally trained MD, uh, you know, you're taught a certain way and we carry a lot of bias as physicians and as nurses and as providers. Yeah. I was trained by my attendings to do it this way, this mm-hmm. way. They were trained by their attendings. Mm-hmm. And there's this inertia that develops, right? Mm-hmm. It's this, I call it medical inertia. Mm-hmm. It's like that rolling stone. It just, it keeps going. And there may or may not be any good reason as to why we do it that way, right? There may not be evidence. There may not be, you know, randomized, double-blinded, controlled studies saying that this is the way we need to do that. In fact, there's probably not with a lot of the things that we do, which is frightening when you think about it. (laughs) And uh, so we try to apply evidence-based medicine. We try to individualize our approach. We offer some cool therapies that are innovative, that have evidence behind them that are time tested in a lot of ways, but because they're not fancy or flashy or reimbursable by insurance or this or that, they may not get the time on stage that they deserve. So, yeah. Yeah. And and like you asked, people are, they're clamoring for this type of care. Mm -hmm. You know, they're doing their Google searches. Mm -hmm. They're, they're trying to self-diagnose because they're not getting the care that they need elsewhere. Right. So if they, if they were getting adequate care, then they wouldn't be, you know, seeking after those things. And so, um, and just like your story, right. You had this problem, you went in, but it, by the way, it's still not figured out. I, I will tell you, this is, this is what was the end solution. I went to a Cairo. I did about a year and a half worth of therapy. turns out it had to do something with my spine because everything's connected to your spine, digestive, sure. liver, everything, right. Even your eyeballs. Yep. Um, did a year and a half of physical therapy with him. And I, after four, Four and a half, I think it was, or nearly six months of the therapy. Um, I had my last epileptic seizure, and right. I had one since. Great, yeah. Yep. And I still see the guy every once, every couple months. I just haven't been consistent as I have been. But that kind of leads me to my next question. You guys are saying that you know we're looking for all this stuff. We're trying to develop this. Why do you think it's taken so long? Do you think it's just because we've been scared as consumers or people to try alternative medicine, or do you think it's just because there was maybe a built stigma around it well, that? Well, what we run into all the time is. This model has been developed around the insurance model, right? And so, um, unfortunately, people tend to use that as a litmus test for legitimacy, Mm -hmm. right? And so, if something isn't covered by insurance or, you know, it's it's outside of that box, then they're not going to seek it out, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's not covered, right? But that does not speak anything to whether it's effective or not. 
Yeah. So, so is that just a big insurance hurdle then? For sure. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we opted not to bill through insurance. We could right. set a practice up that way and go yeah. the traditional route, but it would limit the access to therapies that we know are beneficial. Right. So one of the biggest therapies we offer for musculoskeletal type conditions is called acoustic wave therapy. It uses a sound wave that travels through the tissue to promote healing via several different growth factors that are released that are stimulated at the cellular level, you know, without getting too scientific and mumbo jumbo. Right. It's been used widely in Europe and other countries for dozens of years, right? You know, sneaking up on, you know, two decades in Canada, for example, right? Um, And the insurance companies even will admit if you, because we've looked, we've looked to see if it's covered and they'll admit, yeah, it's a great, it's a great therapy. It works, da, 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 da. But their loophole is, no one's done official long-term study on it, so we're not going to pay for it, right? Well, there's no money in, in, yeah, in doing a long-term say, yeah. study. for. Some, nobody's going to do a five-year, 10-year safety study on acoustic wave therapy. Well, who's going to give them the money to do it? Right, right. Yeah. Uh, there's, no, there's no profit in that for anybody to do that, right? So it's going to be this viable therapy that's widely used by physical therapists worldwide, and we've brought it to the Pacific Northwest and are trained and certified in how to offer this and have the knowledge and how to apply it. Um, but it's not covered. So there's the, that de facto, well, it can't be legitimate if an insurance company won't pay for it. Yeah. Well, the insurance company won't pay for three quarters of the drugs that your trained physician recommends 98% of the time until you try X, Y, and Z, right? Yep. And this is somebody sitting at a desk saying, Pill A costs 10 cents less than pill B, so we're going to deny pill B and approve pill A, even though the physician with 10 plus years of training and experience gets told no. So it's it's kind of a racket. <laughs> I'll probably have black helicopters flying uh, over right. my house tonight. They're, but, they're uh, already there. <laughs> Do you feel the same way, Peter? Kind of. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, we run into it on a daily basis, right? And so that... That's why we keep saying this this model, we don't have somebody saying, you know what, we're going to deny this therapy and you have to send them to this modality first and try that. And, you know, we can go right to that because we know it works and we've seen it work. You know, anecdotally, we have great success with the therapies that we're utilizing and we have the data to back it up, too. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. everything we're doing is, is evidence based. We're not mm-hmm. pulling this out of just nowhere. You're not creating... No, random therapies no, here and there. And both Peter them. and I are like data geeks, you know? It's like, hey, I'll pull the study. Let's pull the study. Let's go over it. And, and studies are boring if you've ever read a scientific yeah. study, you know? But there are things in there that mean something to Peter and I, you know, p-values and statistical analysis. And is it double-blinded? Is it peer-reviewed? Is it controlled? Is it mm-hmm. sham study? Is it observational? Is it anecdotal? How was that study performed? Was there bias going in? Was there economic, uh, you know, or financial bias was their research bias. So you have to be able to parse out that data. And we're always going, Hey, I wonder if our therapy works for this Google search, PubMed search, you know, national Institute of health search. And we're always finding data that supports what we're doing. Um, and many times it runs contrary to what popular opinion or popular recommendations may be right and i tell people routinely there are over 1500 society guidelines in medicine from the american college of cardiology to the american college of emergency physicians to the aafp whatever society and a good number of those are consensus opinion they may or may not have any evidence to support them right a lot of times we're guessing (laughs) so striving for the best evidence is always our goal at our practice 
And like Peter said, we have the data to support it. It's 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 out there. You know? Well, the funny thing is that you so, say that is that I feel like people don't know the data's out there. No, they don't. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> I, I, these guys are doing something bonkers. Like, sure. Let's, yeah, let's see yeah. the results. Let's see the let's see the final end piece. And I think for people, it's. I mean, I and I've I've seen it happen to myself. You know, you 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 look for what may end up happening to you if you try this alternative medicine or sure. whatever it is. And I think the lack of knowledge or knowing where to find that stuff, or even just like that quote unquote fake news that people will find sure. um, just kind of steers them away or just makes it difficult to even yeah. approach you guys in yeah. that kind of manner. I mean, I don't think anybody, if they're, they don't at least have an idea of what your guys' therapies are involving, they may just not even look into it. Yeah, that there's probably some truth to that. So, yeah. you know, getting on, you know, your show and, and shouting from the rooftops, as yeah. it were, and, and getting that information out there that, that there is a better way. Um, and there's that educational process that occurs. So if you have questions, if you think it's fake news, or if you think there's no data, we'll share that information with you. And we'll say, hey, here's 10 patients that we've treated that have had these results. And here's the data that shows that it's been studied and that it's safe and that it's effective. And here's why we do it this way versus this way. So there can be that informed discussion. So it's not just I'm the doctor and I said so. In fact, I want my patients to be more educated about yeah. it. Um, if I don't know an answer to a question when they come to me, my my ego and my bias may say, well, uh, I'll blow that off, right? Because I don't understand it. But I've come to the realization that I know how to learn and I know how to critically think and apply knowledge. Right. So if my patient comes and says, hey, what about this therapy? I don't know, but I know how to know, <laughs> right? Let me look into it and then we'll figure it out together. So it's always a conversation, right? It's not a dictate. It's not a mandate. It's a, it's a treatment plan that involves you as the patient and myself as the physician and Peter as the nurse so that everybody's on the same page, right? Because everything carries risk. You yeah. Know? Yeah, and it's comforting for patients, for people to know that they have somebody on their side as well, mm -hmm. right? Because it's easy to go down that Google rabbit hole mm -hmm. or that WebMD oh, yeah. <laughs> rabbit hole and say, well, what, you know, I have this symptom, this symptom, this symptom, what's going on, you know? To the untrained person, it's it's easy to get scared, right? To to not know what's going on, and so we're going to look at that and we're going to say, we're going to learn with you. We're going to you know find out what's going on, and quite often, you know, we're approaching our patients from many different avenues in terms of therapies that we're utilizing, right? So yeah. they might come in with a musculoskeletal issue, but we also find out in conversation, hey, you know, you you know you're having you know. A thyroid, thyroid problem, yeah. right? Or a hormonal imbalance or, you know, that what you thought was a low back problem is really, you know, dysfunction in the knee or the foot that's causing gait instability, Okay, you know? Yeah. So um, that's what that time allows us. It's the beauty of that whole system that allows us to, to uh, navigate the rabbit hole, right? Yeah. Well, I think also too, what's crazy too is I've, you know, it's the classic, you go to the doctor's, you're arm or your stomach or whatever sure. hurts and then you get there and you're like it doesn't hurt <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> whatever um for you guys i'm assuming then that's just like where you guys still find the answer right well, we always try the, yeah, yeah. break down the process um, and figure it out we we do find that a lot of times you know low low back pain like peter said may not be low back pain mm -hmm. it may be that they have you know some pelvic tilt or they have some instability in their, in their muscle gonna know that until they talk to you right you don't right yeah. um and you need to 
utilize our the skill and the training mm-hmm. to actually assess the patient, right? Definitely. That that art of physical exam has kind of gone away a lot because we rely on our imaging, we rely on our lab work, and then we, we treat those things as absolutes when the real person is sitting right in front of us and you right. can stand and watch them and, and assess whether or not there's any kind of discrepancy in the way they walk or the way they sit or their posture and a lot of different things that you can address. And Pete does a lot of those acoustic wave treatments in our practice, and we use the terminology a lot. There's the criminal, so the offending issue, which may not even hurt, and then there's the victim, right? And the victim is maybe where you manifest. So Mm -hmm. maybe you've got a bad knee, but it only manifests as low back pain or vice versa, right? you got a bad back, and so you compensate by putting more weight on that knee. So um, we try to incorporate all of that into our practice. And in speaking with our patients, generally, most of our other therapies will come to light. Like, oh, you, you don't have energy. You're not sleeping. Your sex life sucks. Your libido's low. You're suffering ED. Let's look at it. Let's let's evaluate that, right? So um, that's that's where we kind of have that emphasis on on treating the whole patient. And there are things that I don't do. I'm not a specialist of every specialty, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. But we can help patients navigate that within within our network and with within what we're doing. So okay. yeah, it's cool. It's cool medicine. What do you guys think your biggest barrier of entry is then for a new person to come into you guys? Like what would keep them from coming? Or I guess what would, minus the insurance, we already talked about that. Is, yeah, you know. I, I think just the knowledge that we're there and we're there to listen. Um, you know, some of our biggest growth to date, you know, we're sneaking up, we're in our third year. Um, is just word of mouth, right? You come in, you have a great experience and they're like, wow, there's like this doctor and this nurse and this practice and they'd listen to us and my yeah. appointment lasted an hour and I came out with lab work that was explained to me for the first time in forever, forever. right? You yeah. know, I treat diabetics that don't even understand what their hemoglobin A1C number means, right? And we break it down and we explain it in as technical of a description as you want or as in a basic description as you want and everything in between and say, this is what it means to you. And this is why it's important to you. A number is a number to me. I've seen them across the board, yep. right? <laughs> but this is why you should be concerned about it. But this is how I'm going to help you fix it, right? And that starts with, hey, you have to eat right. You know, we have a we have a health coach that we can bring in. We can talk to you about getting you to a nutritionist. We can talk to you about different diet and eating plans. We can talk to you about getting you into a gym, you know, things that, you know, you may not even think of, right? And your regular physician may say, oh yeah, you know, go and lose 50 pounds and your knee pain will go away. How? Losing weight's hard, right? We're going to help you navigate that process, whether it's through dietary modifications, hormone management, supplementation, peptide therapies. I mean- Or all of the above. Or all of the above, right? You guys will do it all. (laughs) So um, we've morphed from kind of just very- specific kind of sexual health, um, you know, erectile dysfunction, stress, urinary incontinence, um, that niche, I guess. And we've realized that there's more of a need and our training and our equipment and our, our approach has allowed us to expand, to offer these other things, which is very complimentary one to another. So yeah, it's, again, it's, it's rewarding from our standpoint. Um, and more importantly than my outcome and my satisfaction is, what is your <laughs> satisfaction going to be? What is your outcome going to be? Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, nothing, nothing more pleasurable than getting the feedback from the patients. Like, wow, I I'm heard. I felt listened to. 
Um, and my life is better now than it ever has been because we hear that. And that as a physician is so gratifying. Then when's my next refill without, <laughs> right. Without going into any confidentiality, is there a patient that you guys had one day? That's like, this is exactly why we do what we do. Yeah. I yeah. Can, I can think of many, but yeah. I, you know, one specifically comes to mind. Um, probably the same one I'm guessing. Yeah. Sent us an email. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we treated this patient, he, a, a man, um, for, you know, sexual function, erectile dysfunction okay. issues, hormone imbalance, you know, testosterone, uh, testosterone therapy. Correct. Yep. Yeah. And, um, he, he in more or less has told us on numerous occasions, we saved his marriage. Right. Uh, you know, because that's a huge, huge issue, both health physically and mentally, right. Mm-hmm. That, that affects people. Yeah. So if we can address that, then it's going to influence every aspect of his life, especially his marriage, right? So the fact that someone can tell you, you literally saved my marriage, I mean, that's a game changer, right? And this guy's awesome. He's like, he's he, he's super, almost poetic in his emails, you know, <laughs> he's he's very literate. And he, he, he recently went on this trip and he was explaining how he was rafting and under the stars. And it was like this beautiful experience for living, him. You guys were living yeah, his Yeah, story, we yeah. were living it with him. And, you know, he's in his kind of early to mid fifties, I guess. And he's got a couple of boys and, you know, he just was, he's so excited to be living life again and to be vital, right? So to be alive, I mean, we can manage disease and we right. can prolong life, yeah. but what's the quality of life? Quality of mm-hmm. life needs to be at the forefront of our discussion in healthcare, right? And I'd rather live till, you know, the age of 60 and be vital every single day versus be incapacitated and live till 90, right? You know, there's a difference. Quality no, of yeah. life matters. Mm-hmm. And um, if we can have both, then we're going to have both. Then, then right. Yeah, yeah. so that's a win-win. <laughs> so, you know, we really we really are trying to address that. And it's it's possible. It's not this... It's not this, you know, just illusion that's that's floating out there somewhere. We see it in our patients, and when we get that feedback, uh, it's game changing for us, right? So, yeah, it's one of those things that kind of just make everything everything worth it. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, I think one thing that blows my mind too is um, we already talked about kind of barrier entry and I guess why it's taken so long. But what would you recommend for somebody that just kind of, I mean. You you could easily say that you know you're tired you you have you're fatigued you, you don't have any more energy for the day maybe it is just a lack of sleep or whatever sure. it is you have new kids whatever yeah. <laughs> but what's like what's like the first thing that you should start with as a like a as an individual you know you obviously you've got sleep you got food you got eating habits all that kind of stuff but where do you see people struggling the most with like at the basic level uh, I would say probably energy is probably one of the key things there's there's far too much stress, uh, far too little sleep, probably far inadequate nutrition, you know, with our kind of standard American diet. Uh, so there's so many levels, but our first step in the therapeutic approach is to listen, right. And hear their story and then take those symptoms and symptoms generally denote an underlying cause, right. Right. So instead of treating their symptom, you know, oh, I'm not sleeping well. Well, why are you not sleeping well? Here's a sleeping aid and it's going to knock you out and you're going to sleep well. Well, that hasn't addressed their issue. Do they have a pillar in their health that is lacking? Is there a relationship problem? Is there a dietary problem? Is there a hormonal problem? Probably all of the above. So we send people out with a complex, you know, pretty, pretty in-depth laboratory evaluation. And then we try to put that 
piece of data back into the puzzle with the patient's history and with my exam and with what our experience tells us. And we say, hey, this is what we know is going to help. You're deficient here in vitamin D or your thyroid is suboptimal or your testosterone is low, which is a drastic problem for even younger men nowadays, right? It's a well-known phenomenon that testosterone levels are dropping with each generation. And so when your physician, oh yeah, it's documented, you know, it's, it's gone down every decade. My father's generation had higher levels of T than I do, and Mm -hmm. my sons are expected to have lower, so on and so forth. So when you look at a laboratory reference range, all we've done is move the goalposts, right? So you're normal, even though you have symptoms of low T, because we've moved the goalposts. And now what was previously unacceptable, what was previously low is the new cutoff. It's the new norm, right? You pull a laboratory text from 50 years ago, different reference ranges, right? So moving the goalpost doesn't solve the problem, but you go to a physician, well, you're within that range, 264 up to 916 and if you're at 265 you're normal for example (laughs) well what about your neighbor who's the same age that does the same thing that's 900 he feels better he lives longer he has better sleep he has better sex he has better erections he has better everything right he's going to live longer have less disease because he has more optimal testosterone levels so why is low normal okay for you but not for the next guy right so we have to take that into consideration and treat the patient and not the lab number with that knowledge, right? And that's just, again, that's just basic, you know, your, your actual anatomy it, of your body. It's Yeah, it's anatomy and physiology. It's, it's, you know, third year med school information that's out there that's available. I'm not reinventing the wheel. Yeah. It's looking at this and saying, hey, here's an issue, right? Uh, and therapeutic trials of these things are always warranted. So does it just... So does it, it sounds like it takes a lot of time to do all this, which again, it's not a bad thing, but is that kind of like a, I guess a big issue? Yes and and no. I mean, the initial evaluation, you know, as far as a timeline of like getting labs, getting them back, evaluating those, I mean, really that's a a relatively short amount of time, right? Maybe two, three weeks, somewhere in that time frame. But I more mean like with doctors, they don't even, like like you guys have already said, they don't take that much time. They can't. Yeah, because they can't. To no fault of their own. Go, they may know how to fix yeah. you. In fact, they probably do. <laughs> but like you're saying, for the for you guys to be able to commit to a patient, mm-hmm. turn around a lab test however quick, and then be able to work with them in a pretty quick time frame, yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm like, I don't see a lot of other clinics out there. Yeah, I mean. That can do that. We strive to get people back within a couple of weeks of initial evaluation and get treatment started, make recommendations, discuss the pros and cons. Again, it has to be that informed discussion, that educational experience. And this is why we want you to do this. And this is the benefit it's going to confer you. Um, But yeah, we, you know, I think probably 99% of my patients from get go are still my patients, right? Our turnover (laughs) rate's pretty low because they realize that Peter and I are going to listen we're going to handhold if we need to handhold right. to the point of I don't want entitled patients, you know, again, the responsibility to make those life changes is in their lap, right? Mm-hmm. But we're also in that position where if I tell a patient, hey, it really is your obesity that's causing this problem. We have to solve this. 
and I can't hold your hand at home and tell you not to eat Cheetos every night, right? right. And have four sodas. <laughs> yeah. But I can tell you that that's bad for you, and here's why. So we want to empower our patients and empower them to then pass those changes on to their kids and their family, because it's definitely generational. If you look at our problems in America with healthcare, it's generational. It's yeah. obesity. It's not like it happened uh, overnight. Type two diabetes was unheard of in, in in adolescence until the 80s, right? You know, it was called adult onset because it did not happen uh, before the age of 18. And now based on our consumption of sugars and refined carbohydrates, it's it's routine. You know, it's, it's tragic. It's sad. So um, we want to be able to affect that change. Um, and it starts with one patient. Right. There's really no other way. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, with nutrition and the form of therapy that you guys have, I'm assuming everything goes hand in hand because it's you know, your body and stuff. But I feel like we uh, as a whole, and maybe not everybody, I know people are doing more advanced, um, whether it's workout techniques, yoga, meditate, whatever it is to take care of themselves. Yeah. Um, I feel like nutrition has been put on the back burner with all this. And that's kind of what may have led to a lot of, I don't know, maybe current or frequent problems that you guys see with like, you know, obesity, weak joints. Oh, sure. Um, fatigue or being tired. Tell me about that from either one of you guys. Where do you, where do you think we're going with the health and nutrition side of things and people and their wellness? I mean, I think that we're, we're generally heading in the right direction um, because there's a lot more awareness now right. of, do you the think the internet has helped or hurt us? Uh, both. Okay. I think, you know, we see a lot of um, fad, you know, kind of diet, right? Things yeah. like that can be great tools, but are often used improperly, right? And so again, we can help guide people. Like for example, the ketogenic diet, it's been kind of all the rage over the past year and a half, two years, right? Um, it has some great, great advantages, but it has to be done properly, mm -hmm. you know? Um, or there's other, you know, types of diets that, um, kind of circulate around and are cyclical, but, um, you know, we, we do guide patients on how to do those properly. So, you know, again, the, the internet can be our friend, but it's, right. it's, there's a lot of confirmation bias, right? So if somebody has an inherent bias about something, they're going to find every piece of information that supports that, that knowledge that they already have. Well, the second you look up the one word, it comes up. And yeah, like, yeah. 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 Right. And you're like, I don't even know what to look at now. So, I mean, Google's a great tool. Uh, you know, the internet helps and hinders, I think like Peter mentioned, but, um, it's actually great for me when patients come and they have done their, you know, quote unquote research, right. uh, because usually that's the start of the journey. And it, it implies to me that they're interested in taking control of their own health destiny, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's not a physician out there that's going to fix your problem for you via surgery or a pill or any combination thereof. Those mm -hmm. are stopgap measures. They will not mitigate or control the long-term consequences of the diseases. Um, and so when we can empower patients through knowledge, that's where we see the biggest changes. And by addressing some of the underlying issues, it gives patients the confidence to do that and navigate that on their own, right? And at the end of the day, as a physician, I have to be able to lay my head on my pillow at night and say, I did right by my patients, right? I made the right recommendations. I prescribed the right treatment course. I prescribed the right medication, so on and so forth, so that I can, you know, have that peace of mind myself, right? And it, it's an ongoing battle for every physician. Did I miss a lab? Did I order a test incorrectly? Did I misdiagnose? So it's it's an art and it's a practice. 
But in the setting where you can spend the time, the hustle and the bustle is gone and the stress of getting to your next patient is gone. So it, in my opinion, it mitigates a lot of that that fear of missing something um, and allows physicians to practice the way we were trained to practice, you know, outside of the commercial influence of herding cattle, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and I hate to say it, but I think every physician has a similar mentality at the end of the day. They wish they could spend more time with their patients and, and practice medicine the way that the, we were trained to practice. So, yeah. Um, gosh, that's great guys. I, I feel like you guys have kind of opened my eyes to what, sh- what's out there and what could be more. Yeah. Um, I definitely think that everyone's probably doing the best they can with what they have, but at the same time, um, sometimes it's just not enough. Yeah. We're going to have to, we got to have to make different pivots and just try different alternatives, uh, whether it's therapy, medicines, um, treatments, sessions, whatever it is. I'm, I think you guys are really just pushing the limits on that, which is awesome because I guess my, what I'm curious of is, is, is there, is there like a, a reaction that comes from people when they do this for the first time? Or are there like, is it like an aha moment for them? That's like, oh my gosh, I didn't know care in was yeah. this deep health and wellness. Was yeah, this for sure. I think it's it. exactly how you described yeah. it. I mean, I think usually most people after that first visit or second visit where we've kind of gone in depth into what that treatment plan is going to look like for mm-hmm. them, they are like, wow, I've never known that I could have this kind of relationship with, with my healthcare provider, right? Like it's, or they fit, they have hope. I think that's the mm-hmm. biggest thing. You've hope. given people hope again, that there is something that can be done. Right. What's your guys' craziest or I guess most common therapy you guys are offering right now? Obviously you guys have a wide variety of services, but is there a, is there a consistent flow of people coming in for like the same thing or? Um, I would say that probably a tie between our hormone management. So the lab evaluation and optimizing, you know, whether that's for men with testosterone or women with progesterone and estradiol and hormone replacement therapy, as it's commonly referred to, um, and our acoustic wave therapy uh, for a lot of our uh, injuries and musculoskeletal uh, conditions. Um, Pretty good overlap there. Um, But yeah, those two are probably at the top of our list and, you know, our, our probably higher end or more specialized procedures are the hands-on procedures for erectile dysfunction. So that acoustic wave therapy, for example, has a trademark term called Gaines wave, okay. right? And we can apply that energy to the the penile tissue to address yep. erectile dysfunction without drugs. And it works. And there's 40 plus published studies showing that it does work. It's relatively non-invasive. It's accessible for most men. Um, and then all the way up to, you know, procedures for women that suffer from stress urinary incontinence, right? They've had ch- children, they have pelvic floor instability, they cough, mm-hmm. they sneeze, they run, they play yoga, and they pee a little bit because yeah. that yeah. muscle floor yeah. is, is, is damaged. Yeah. So we have some therapies that can address that. So, um, we really started, you know, kind of in that sexual health space. And then all of this other stuff kind of came in and filled the void. Um, and really is complementary, right? Uh, you can't really address erectile dysfunction and not evaluate a man's testosterone level, for or example, his right? Eating habits or, or his eating, right? You know, or his yeah. blood sugar control or many, many things that contribute to that. So, um, I would say just broad stroke hormone replacement with acoustic wave and then subspecializing in a lot of those uh, procedures that can get people back up and running from a sexual and wellness standpoint. Yeah, I mean, I would echo that. That the acoustic wave therapy, especially, is something again that we're the only providers, I, I believe, in the Pacific Northwest that 
use that device for that therapy. Okay. Um, and we have great outcomes with it. So, I mean, we get people that have struggled with an issue for years or a decade, you know, whether that's a knee issue or a low back issue or a cervical neck issue or a shoulder issue from an old injury. And we get them substantially better or improved. Yeah. And that is huge because somebody that struggles with chronic pain or immobility from an issue like that, they think that there's nothing they can do short of surgery and surgery is not always the answer. It has its place and we recognize that, but if we can, if we can use a, a less invasive uh, treatment modality, why not? Right. And it's actually awesome. We've got a, a you know a, a handful of orthopedic surgeons that have now started referring us patients because really? they've gone through the gambit of traditional physical therapy, aquatic therapy, surgery, or they're not a surgical candidate and they just have an issue and we can apply that therapy and they're getting amazing results and the proof is in the pudding, right? They keep sending us people. So, so. you're getting runoff. Yeah. Patients oh, for sure. That's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So, and a lot of times that's kind of neat because sometimes these surgeons don't have anything else in their arsenal to yep. treat them. And so it's easy to make a referral and say, go see Dr. Deacons and Peter uh, and, and get that taken care of because then there's a plan for that patient. And right. then it's kind of out of sight, out of mind in yep. a way, but it's very well intentioned because yeah, we've of communicated course. with these patients and these, these specialists and they're, they're pleased with the results. They're like, man, you, my patient came back and they loved what you did for them. Great. Can I send you more people? Absolutely. We're here for you. <laughs> right, right. You know, short of that kind of insurance barrier, but our therapies are uh, are approachable for most people and we work with people and uh, it's not exorbitantly expensive for a session. It's no more than, you know, going and getting a massage or acupuncture or, you know, doing cryotherapy or some other modality, right? Um, so we want to make it accessible. It's not for the elite, for the Hollywood. Well, elite, I was going to you know? say, yeah. it's definitely, there's a, definitely an intimidating factor with that kind of like level of care. Yeah. You know, you're not, not to say that people don't want to take care of themselves, of course, but like to start when you start young, right? You know, yeah. you're just really rarely ever taught how to take care of yourself. You know, you do sports, you hang out with your friends, you eat, you do, you do whatever you're going to do right. as a child. And then you grow up almost with like a very similar and... I would say like almost scary mindset that your body can just take it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you, and it oh, can. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, it just blows my mind that, I mean, I understand the fear and the, the levels of comfortable comfortability that you have when it comes to those high end um, therapies, but it's almost like we're trained not to think that we're all, all capable of taking it. Yeah. No, that's probably true. I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I, I don't think people have a, um, probably evolved or adapted to that kind of therapy based off of exactly what we talked about, you know, the insurance factors, mm-hmm. the, the intimidation, the knowledge, not knowing what's out there and what's actually going to work. But for you guys, well, and I think what we run into a lot is yeah, patients are, or a lot of people are just good at ignoring problems, mm-hmm. right? In our kind of hustle and bustle, high stress lives, you know, we often don't even look into whether there's something that can address that. It's kind of like the, oh, well, I guess, I guess I'm getting old. I guess my back hurts. I guess my, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. it's always going to be like this. Right. And, and that's why we can give somebody hope, right? Because once they have, you know, a treatment or two or whatever that might be that we're addressing and they say, wow, I can actually be better. I can mm-hmm. feel better. I can look better. All, all of these things, yeah, you know, I can actually change these things. Yeah, myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so change, change is, is huge. Um, you just have to get people in the door. 
that's that's yeah. the struggle, right? So that's that, the name of the game, I guess. Right? That's that's the hope. Yeah, but uh, yeah, these therapies, a lot of these therapies, you you can guarantee that some of the things we're offering, you know, elite athletes are doing right. People right. in the anti aging space and in professional athletics are doing. I mean, but they're there and they're they're accessible to the to the guy next door. Mm-hmm. We want people to have these modalities available and. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we recognize the area we're in. We're not in, right. we're not in Beverly Hills, yeah. you know, we're not in Miami. Uh, you know, we're, we're trying to make these accessible. Um, you know, we're not charging a premium for these services. We, mm-hmm. we, you know, maybe it's to our own detriment as businessmen, <laughs> right? <laughs> to some degree, because, uh, we, we like to see people get better. And so yeah. we, we want people to come in so that we can get them feeling better. Yeah. And the, well, and I think I already asked you guys this, but it's kind of like, I guess, why aren't more people doing this? You know, why aren't more people taking care of themselves? Yeah. What, what what makes it so hard for us as humans right now? Is it because we're just lazy? Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's that we're lazy. I think that we've just been conditioned, right? Okay. I mean, there's a giant kind of marketing push to eat a certain way mm-hmm. and to shop a certain way and to do things a certain way. And so we've, We've just been conditioned, I think, right? And we've put ourselves on the back burner and it's that, well, I'll take care of it tomorrow, right? My shoulder hurts, but yeah. I'll take care of it tomorrow. And it's not until, wow, I can't pick up my two-year-old now yep. that maybe I should go get that looked at, right? And then if you go see a, a, a primary physician that's not heard of, you know, uh, this type of therapy, well, well, you know, go to physical therapy or do this or take some aspirin or take some ibuprofen or, hey, we'll do a course of steroids or maybe we'll even inject your shoulder. Uh, people just don't know, right? So there's there's so many things out there that are helpful, that are beneficial. Uh, our emphasis, again, is to empower you as the yeah. patient and patients in general to take better care of themselves, right? You know, it's it's kind of my way of, you know, snubbing my nose at the system and the man. It's like, you know, we don't need to line Coca-Cola's pockets anymore. Sorry, Coca-Cola. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, you know, there's a time and a place for that. You yeah. know, have a Coke and some popcorn every once in a while, but not every day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we need to eat better. We need to sleep better. We need to de-stress ourselves. We need to reconnect with the earth. We need to do all of these things. We need to hydrate, you know, uh, simple stuff, right? Yeah. It, it shouldn't take a physician telling you that you need to sleep, <laughs> right? Sometimes it does though, um, for people. That's the thing. But yeah. but yeah, I think it's just, it's not laziness. It's just, uh, I think we're just too busy. Yeah. 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 Do you so, think people need to slow down, kind of yeah. focus a little bit more on themselves rather than the world around them? I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. Just with everything going on right now, I don't know if it's a I think people are now, like you, you had already mentioned, taking the time to be able to realize, oh, I've been home for six months in quarantine. My body doesn't feel very good. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I think that's to some degree been a little bit of a silver lining, right? Yeah. Because it's forced people mm-hmm. to slow down to say, okay, maybe I do need to spend a little time on this or, you know, whether that's a, a home project or a self project or whatever that might be. And of course, once people get over the you, you know, or we have the ability to get out more, right? Um, then, then that will open those doors for those people to to seek that out. Did you yeah. guys see any surges or change in business when COVID hit? Uh, initially, it kind of slowed things down. You know, the stay at home orders kept people at home kind of right. scared and panicked. I think initially, but uh, our practice is set up so that we typically only see one patient at a time, regardless. Yeah. Right. So we don't have a busy waiting room. We can clean in between each patient, you know, we can take appropriate, uh, precautions. Nice. Um, and so it, 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 it makes it a little bit more comfortable for patients. And even pre COVID, 
it was more comfortable for patients to come in and not sit nervously in a waiting room with like five gonna, other guys yeah. like, oh, you're here for ED treatment? Like, oh no, maybe we're just treating your ankle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, uh, usually not a lot of patient overlap. Yeah. So people have my and Peter's undivided attention right. and we can focus on that patient. And with that buffer of time, I don't have to constantly be checking my, my watch and saying, oh, I got to get to my next patient. Oh, hi, Mr. Smith. Here's your pill. Have a nice day. Right. right. It's Everybody has our undivided attention. They have their allotted time. If they need more, we take more. If they need less, we take less. And I have more time to document or, you know, do whatever. But um, it's a comforting experience for most patients. I think if you talk to any of my patients, they would tell you their experience at our clinic is unlike anything that they've ever had. Um, And not to toot our own horn, but we're going to toot our own horn. Yeah. We do it differently. Yeah. and I'll go out on a limb and say it's better. <laughs> there you go. It is. You guys yeah. heard it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, the so. crazy, you guys are awesome. And I think, and I've already said that, but I think what's just really blowing me away is just the amount of work you guys put into one single patient. Yeah. Because from what I'm hearing, this, all this stuff, it goes into one person. It really is just, yeah. Yeah. You, you don't have to, I mean, you're going to pick and choose what needs to be done with them, but based off of what their needs are, which again, blows my mind to specifically with the amount of time you guys spent spend even before you guys get to like the actual yeah issue itself yeah and i mean the way we're set up both physically right our office space uh, we're a small practice yeah. it literally is just myself and the doctor right it's just the two of us there's not a bunch of office staff roaming around there's not you know billers and coders Do you guys and- have plans to expand Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, we'll we'll definitely have more clinical staff at some point, Mm -hmm. but uh, never more than we need. Right. Right. Um, And eliminating that kind of insurance platform, you don't need billers and coders and paperwork filers and all of this. You know, we strive to be environmentally friendly and paperless check in and, you know, email and text reminders. And, you know, all of our charting is cloud based so that we don't have this overabundance of waste. And, you know, so and we're trying to practice what we preach and stay active and eat. I was going to ask you, how do you guys take care of yourself? (laughs) Same thing, you know, pizza, pretty avid CrossFitter. Nice. Um, I do a lot of stay-at-home stuff just based on my schedule. I do progressive variable resistance, uh, X3 systems, resistance bands, uh, TRX type stuff. Um, I used to be a big runner but had an orthopedic injury, so I don't run very much anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of biking. We both enjoy fly fishing, snowboarding. Just being outside. Yeah, yeah, I think you have to practice what you preach, right? You say you intentionally know? staying active sounds yeah, like yeah. yeah, yeah. So a lot of activity, you know, uh, I would say nutrition-wise, again, we still try to practice what we preach. Right. So, you know, we'll, we'll we'll have a beer, you know, with <laughs> as good as the next guy, you know, or whatever. But, uh, you know, yeah, you just have to uh, – I think if you live it, then you can, you know, teach it, yeah. right? And, um, well, then that, that, I guess that's part. That was part of my original question with people is just that, you know, why is it taking so long for people to live that lifestyle or want to want to live that lifestyle? And you guys answered it pretty clearly. As people are just busy right now, yeah, yeah, just don't really have the time or energy or even knowledge to know where to start with. Well, and I think they want to, right, right, and and it, again, it's just opening that door to them and showing them that it's really not that difficult. Yeah, it's it's just getting. In there. Getting it's, going, yeah. It's getting going, yeah. That's that's over half the battle, I think. 
But it's daunting. It's daunting. That's right? why I'm asking. You're, you're, over, those... you're overweight and you were a college athlete or you were yeah. a high school athlete and life happens, right? And you mm -hmm. got a couple of kids and a stressful job and a mm -hmm. boss you don't like and then you drink too much and now you're overweight. Well, how do I get back to where I need to be? Right. Right. Well, you go to your doctor. Yeah. Hey, Bob, you're overweight. Go ahead and lose some weight. You know, anybody can say that. Right. But that guy may lack the motivation because he might have testosterone levels That's, that are in the dumpster, right? Yep. Or his wife might have thyroid issues and she has no motivation. Or the guys go into the gym. And, and he's got a nagging knee injury. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't work out if you have suboptimal testosterone levels, right? right. You get discouraged because the 20-year-old kid next to you is working half Still as hard and getting twice as rich, yeah. right? And you're like, hey, I was an athlete. I was an all-state running back or whatever. And you just can't get back there. And so what do you do? You give up, right? And then people cope via other mechanisms, right? Well, if you can't beat them, join them. Hey, let's meet at the bar and have some pizza and mm -hmm. beer. <laughs> you know, wings, wings tonight. Uh, and then yeah. it just snowballs, right? right? It snowballs. It's daunting. So we want to give people that hope, give them a starting point, give them the tools to get back to that point, right? And like I said, I'm not sitting on your couch helping you not eat that bag right. of Cheetos, but we're going to say, hey, this is what works and this is what doesn't work. And we're going to give you the tools to be successful, right? Do you guys have any life hacks? Like what's like something that, it, like I, I know it's a very broad question. You can't just like do yeah, this to change I mean, yourself. But. You know, I, I, I'm pretty big into kind of avoiding refined sugars and carbohydrates. I try yep. to eat more of a ketogenic or Mediterranean thing. Both Pete and I do uh, like cold thermogenesis, Okay, you know, cold water submersion or cold showers. Uh, for me, that's kind of revitalizing. Um, incorporated with kind of some deep breathing exercises. Uh, you know, I'll throw Wim Hof's name out there. He's a big okay. guy in that space. Um and then, uh, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, breath work, meditation. I mean, little things like that can go a long ways. I mean, I would, I would argue that most people have an extra ten minutes to fifteen minutes in yeah. a day. You know, just put down the phone for a second, mm -hmm. stop scrolling through Facebook, right? <laughs> yeah. And do do. Then there's tons of apps out there that that do guided meditation and breath work, and I mean, those are all kind of the rage right now. But right. but it's because they work, yeah. right? Put, so do that, you know, before you go to bed and, and see how much that improves your stress levels, see how much that improves your sleep. Right. And, and it's looking at all these little things that sometimes people just need to be told or reminded, you know, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Back to the basics. Right. You seriously. Know? I had to start waking up early to get in breathing and meditation time, even though sleep is my Achilles, right? Starting a new business, being a busy dad and a doctor and, you know, whatever else is that I'm involved with. Um, but then I found that if I do that, even though I'm sacrificing 20 minutes of hitting my alarm in the morning, I'm actually sleeping better. So I'm picking it back up on the, on the back end, right? So what's your guys' recommended hours of sleep? You know, I think, I think uh, into adulthood, it should continue to be seven to eight hours, right? And, no one does that. I was going to say, come on, guys. <laughs> it's hard. Um, but there's actually interesting published data out there, and they took people kind of in a, like in the Antarctic, actually, where there was just consistent daylight, and they actually had two different control groups, and they looked at how much they slept on average and just with kind of their natural sleep-awake cycles. And it was on average about eight hours is what they ended up sleeping when they had no control. They took away all their timepieces. They had no recollection. Yeah. yeah. There was no reference, right? Um, the longest sleeper was actually like 12 hours, oh, but geez. he was the outlier. But right. the average group was about eight hours, showing that our body's natural circadian rhythms kind of go back into that 12 hours of sleep and you're awake the rest of the time. So, you know, but yeah, I mean, sleep hygiene is huge. We talk 
about that all yep. the time with patients, right? And that it is that put down the phone an hour before, dim the lights in your house, you know, uh, avoid caffeine after a certain time, <laughs> yeah. right? Don't do the five no hour energy. Of the bed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, so there's there are little tweaks that you can do that people are kind of always like, well, I can't sleep. I don't know why I'm not sleeping. Right. Well, change X, Y, and Z, yep. and it'll yeah. probably help you sleep better. For so for an let's go this is a i guess this is for me and for everybody out there that ha, has the same feeling for energy levels you already said sleep right mm-hmm. um what's like a kind of a way to approach that you know you could just be tired on a day-to-day basis just because you think you're busy and you think you're stressed out all this stuff and you could be right you very sure. well could be but is there a way to like personally pinpoint or like even break down what you're feeling because sometimes you just, it's just overwhelming you know your your shoulder hurts your back hurts yeah you're tired and all this other stuff like where should you even start so you know we kind of generally categorize that as malaise right okay. i just don't feel well right? yeah whether that's fatigue so there is a or, thing for that yeah yeah so <laughs> it's a pretty broad descriptive term and it could be anything uh, under the sun right you, yeah. you know you go to your doctor and they're going to roll their eyes and say oh you're fatigued well welcome to my world right, right? <laughs> everybody's fatigued so i think our our, our biggest thing is that history taking and what okay. is it that that person is dealing with, right? The the new father is going to have a different set of uh, requirements than the 20 the, the year old that's, you know, living on his own uh, versus the undergrad that's trying to prepare, you know, for an exam. Um, but a, a good lab evaluation always has to occur, right? Are there subtle anemias? Are there thyroid discrepancies? Are there testosterone or other hormonal discrepancies? Is vitamin D low? Vitamin D levels are almost always low in people in this latitude in our climate that don't supplement, right? Vitamin D is actually more hormonal in its mechanism and it can mimic depression and it can cause sleep problems and it helps regulate glucose metabolism. And there's, there's so many things that simple blood tests can tell us. Um, and so that's, that's a simple enough complaint. I'm tired. I just don't feel right. I'm mm-hmm. not sure what's going on. I think I'm sleeping well. We have to start that evaluation and look and see, hey, is there something underlying? And if there's not, then we start trying to figure out, well, this might be normal, but is it optimal, right? Because a normal level with symptoms may not be optimal, right? So yeah. we, we, we use that term a lot. We want to optimize your health and wellness, optimize your levels, make sure that you're functioning at a level that works for you, you. and I function at a level that works for me, right? Because we're not all the same, right? That cookie cutter thing that you mentioned, it's not a one size fits all. As much so. as we all want to think we're very equal or yeah, very, yeah, no. like, we can withstand <laughs> the same things, like, it's just not that way. Yeah, not not in medicine, no. Yeah. Well, I would, my, one of my kind of last questions, I guess, that I kind of want to ask you guys is, what do you, where do you see, where do you guys see yourself in, like, in the next couple of years? Do you guys think you're going to really keep on going with what you're going or is it is there like another way to get more of a like a mainstream medicine to kind of follow what you guys are doing i know it's power within the people and you know you yeah. work together with your community and stuff but there's definitely gonna have to be some changes within the health system here in a couple of years and i mean to think that your guys's therapies could be involved in those 
new additions or changes? Do you guys see that or what do you guys see? Yeah. Yeah. I'm hopeful to see that, you know, on a personal level, you know, I continue to educate myself. Peter is furthering his education and, you know, pursuing the nurse practitioner degree. Uh, We want our clinic to expand. I hope the silver lining to the current pandemic is there's a little bit of a health uprising and people want to take back their health care and not just go and get their symptoms taken care of. Um, like I said, a lot of what we're offering is not new. It's not revolutionary. It's tried and true. It's just forgotten, right? It's just those simple getting back to the basics. So yeah, I see us expanding. I'd love to see kind of an integrative health center in Spokane where we have multiple modalities physical therapists, doctors of chiropractor, uh, you know, acupuncturists, integrative nutritionists, health coaches, people that could guide people through this complex, you know, rabbit hole that is health. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think we're on the cusp of, of that kind of revolution and I can at least hope so. Right. Of course, of course. (laughs) And at least be gratified personally, uh, in my approach to medicine. And I think Pete probably would echo that. And yeah, we're always trying to grow. Um, and we're, we're open and we have the time to look at that, uh, academic medicine and, and what, you know, what else is out there, you know, um, that we can offer our patients that can give them that extra edge. Right. Um, one of those things is, is for example, peptide therapies, right. It's, it's kind of an emerging, emerging area of medicine. Um, we've tried to educate ourselves and adopt that into what we're doing, you know, as another adjunct to what we're already offering. So yeah, we'd love to just continue to grow and bring on whatever we can. That's going to be advantageous for our patients. You guys are awesome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for getting, <laughs> thanks for being here. I think the most important thing, I think the really cool thing about having you guys here is that we're able to talk about this stuff and not worry about kind of what the outcome is going to be because you guys do this. This is your life. Yeah, this yeah, is what that's you guys what we're doing. Live. This is what you guys do for a living, and I think it's important to know that there are people like you guys. And I mean, there's a lot of people out there, sure, that are just dedicated to obviously improving the life of an individual and not just blanketly trying to take care of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and I, what blows my mind again is the simplistic. Or the, the simplicity of what your guys's I guess beliefs are, which is just overall health, yeah, overall wellness, and just taking care of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, that blows my mind. Anything you guys want to add before we kind of head off for the day? Just come and see us. Uh, we're approachable. It's accessible. How do we uh, find you guys? Uh, so Inland Wellness and Vitality is the name of the uh, practice. Um, we're on the web at iwaves, I-W-A-V-S dot com. Um, we're located at the Rock Point Business Complex uh, over off of Washington and Boone over by the uh, um, Coliseum there. And uh, Yep, the typical places, Facebook, Instagram. Yep, yep. Um, and then hopefully for, you know, all of your listeners, they'll uh, look us up and have their <laughs> curiosity peaked at least. Yeah, we definitely, yeah, yeah. we created this space for, again, people like you and anybody of all kinds that have just those those things that we always want to talk about, those conversations we want to have that we know people just need to kind of hear. They don't yeah. really need to be necessarily the ones that it's targeted to. But again, for me to understand or even know the the modalities that are available out there. I think it's kind of just going to resonate with me for a long time. And now I know where to turn to when, I mean, I think I'm going to have to come see you guys after this. Anyways, yeah, no, for I, sure. Yeah. Cause it's one of those things that again, it's, I'm sure a lot of people will face this every day and they don't even know where to start. Yeah. It's just nope. about going to the doctors. We're a good starting point. Yeah. Uh, mention the podcast. We'll give you 20% off any of our services and our consultations for all of our services are always free. 
right? I want you to come in and be educated about what we offer. So if you want to sit down and talk to me about testosterone and how I do that, come in. Consultation is free. So no there's no reason to not see you. No reason not to see me, right? If you want your hormones managed, if you want your plantar fasciitis treated, uh, if you've got reproductive or sexual issues, come in and see us. Free consultation always. Yep. So. You guys are, again, awesome. Thank you for coming yeah. here. Thank you for being here. And thank you for speaking to our audience. Yeah, no, I think it's a pleasure. The, the, yeah, the, thanks for having us. The, I think what's going to happen here is that I'm going to get either fan mail or whatever we kind of mail we get. <laughs> but I really, really hope we have some listeners headed you guys' way because cool. this is something that's beneficial for not only just, I guess, our listeners, but the whole community entirely. Yeah. So thank you for killing it. Thank you for being here in Spokane, um, part of the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. So you guys are <laughs> you're awesome. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening in. This was Jacob and Peter with Inland Wellness and Vitality. You guys got to check them out. All right. Thanks. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We just want to go ahead and let you know that this podcast was recorded in Speak Studios, a place for anybody and all creatives to come create their podcast of their dreams. If you guys have an idea, come on by. Visit us at speakpodcasting.com and you can learn more.